The goal of being a commercial pilot is the dream of many. But what is actually involved in getting a commercial license and what is the difference between a private license and a commercial one? What are the different pathways? And how do I need to go about integrated and non-integrated training? Well, I'm going to talk about all that and so much more coming right up. So strap in and let's get into it. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 36 of Flight Training Australia podcast, a podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. I'm your host Trent Robinson and thank you for joining me. Very sorry, today's episode is a day late. I know, how dare I? Took a week off. Um, I did take my stuff with me and tried to do it on the iPad and it just wasn't working and uh, didn't want to settle for second best. So here we are, back home. Just got back to Darwin last night amongst all the bushfire smoke from all the burn-offs uh, going on. But it was really great to get over to Brisbane and uh, especially get out to Archerfield, go for a fly and uh, catch up with a bunch of you out there. Um, so yeah, get a little shout out to Bryce and Blake, uh, Austin, Tristan, Chase, uh, George, Anthony. G'day guys. Thanks for your support and for listening. It was really great to um, get out there and see you all and... and uh, check out what you're all up to it was all really good to see jeremy miller as well out at uprt there jeremy's got the old uh, decathlon and extra I used to fly at janicott and a bunch of other fantastic toys the yaks and the pits there and lots of great plans and ideas coming up and you'll be able to look forward to jeremy featuring on a uh, podcast coming up sometime soon or get around to interviewing him uh, in a little while we also caught up with uh, the man himself, Mr. Bob Tate. It was fantastic to see Bob. We caught up uh, yesterday afternoon before I left and had a really great chat and uh, talked about things. So look out for that episode coming out in the coming weeks as well. And we're going to talk all things flight training and uh, ground theory there. Should be really, really good. All right. Uh, Patreon is uh, going really well. Again, thank you, everyone, for the support there. Uh, Tony's just come on board for the price of a coffee he couldn't see any reason why he shouldn't do that just to contribute to uh, the podcast and everything that goes into making it happen so tony thank you so much fantastic to have you on board and it was fantastic to meet you the other day all right so commercial pilot license commercial training how is it different to the ppl what's involved uh, there's different course structures and all this sort of thing. So I thought it would just be a good opportunity to have a bit of a chat about that and look at what actually happens uh, in the course of the training for those of you that are thinking about it or maybe already currently in the process and uh, give you a few tips and pointers and things along the way. So I think the, probably the, the, the biggest thing is what is the actual difference between a private pilot and a commercial pilot? You could go to the manual standards, Schedule 8, and have a look at the general handling requirements. And if you look there, there's not a whole lot of difference. The two standards between the private and the professional standards are very, very similar. You might notice there's probably about 5 degrees and 50 feet of heading and altitude holding and that sort of thing. Uh, but otherwise, that's pretty much it. Distance from the center line, there's really nothing much there. So that's not really giving us much insight. If we have a look at the flight test forms, again, 
there's not a whole lot on there that's really giving too much away. So what it's coming down to is you are training to be a commercial pilot, a professional pilot. The act of flying in itself is really very much the same, but you're looking to be flying more accurately and more precisely and be more professional and knowledgeable about your conduct and how you go about flying. The flight tests can vary depending on where you go. There's a general handling component, obviously a navigation component, but to a slightly higher standard, and you're expected to treat it as a simulated passenger carrying transport, formerly known as charter flight. All right, so we'll come back to that in a little bit more. Let's have a look at the course structures. Now, there's two ways to get a commercial pilot's license. You can go through a non-integrated training flight school, which is known as a 141, which is a CASR, Civil Aviation Safety Regulations, Part 141 approved flying school, or a Part 142, which is an integrated flight training school. The fundamental differences are a non-integrated training school is what most schools today are now doing. The training is not integrated or structured in any set way. It's essentially built up with a bunch of modules. You can go ahead and choose whatever modules you want to do along the way. There's a whole heap of uh, different pathways. You can do the absolute bare minimum and just do essentially the 150, uh, sorry, 200 hours of commercial pilot license training. You can just do the seven commercial theory subjects, or you can do a mixture. You could do your RPL or PP along the way. You could add in a multi-engine instrument rating, night rating, aerobatics, tailwheel formation, all these other wonderful things that you can do. But the bare minimum is 200 hours, 100 joule and 100 pilot in command. A integrated training course is under a 142 banner, and that is 150 hours, of which 75 is pilot in command, of flight training, which is integrated with your ground school. Now, the ground school can all happen at the beginning and then flying, or it can be a bit of ground school, a bit of flying, a bit of ground school, a bit of flying. But either way, there's all that uh, structure, process, and oversight into your training. So if you're going to go out and do a command hours solo nav, you don't just go to A to B to C to D. And sorry if you can hear the jets in the background, diamond storms going on at the moment. So we've got Hornets and F-35s buzzing around everywhere. But you can do a nav with some goals and outlines set by your instructor and they'll tell you to go to A and then to B, well, hopefully A because that's where you're leaving from. Go to B, do some circuits maybe, work on uh, some short fields or flapless or something, maybe a glide approach and then try and find a place at sea for your navigation, maybe a low-level leg, a higher-level leg, through CTA or whatever. So you're going to be practising all your skills. The non-integrated training doesn't necessarily have that oversight. And I say doesn't necessarily have it because it will come down to the school that you're at and who's running the show and how they like to do things. I've currently got some students that are coming through this pathway and have been doing it themselves. Now, the risks are that if you think that you're going to get 200 hours and go, okay, I'm ready for your test, well, that's not true. If you're out there practicing stuff by yourself, you're not getting regular nav checks or anything else with an instructor, you can find that you are practicing poor habits or not doing things properly or to a standard that is expected of a commercial pilot. So there is a real risk here. So my 141 school, 
wherever possible, I run those students just as if they were in integrated. I would prefer to have full input and oversight over the training so I can make sure that they're going to get the best possible benefit for their dollar. Every flight is going to count. They're going to be practicing skills, not just making up their own stuff. Because again, you don't know what you don't know. You think you might be practicing all the right things and doing everything properly. You then start the commercial component and we go, hang on a minute, what's going on here? And there's a whole heap of work to do. So let's not get to that point. So even if it's an integrated or not integrated, treat it as if it's all the same. Work with the flight school, pick their brains. Remember, that's what they do. That's their specialty. doesn't need to cost you any more. And if anything, it will cost less because you won't have to spend more dual time um, trying to get up to standard. Now, what about tax-free flight training? Let's take a little step back and go back to when I started and there was a thing called a day VFR syllabus. And the day VFR syllabus was approved by the Australian Tax Office as a tax-free or a GST-free flight training syllabus. This means there was no GST. So if we did $100,000 worth of training, it would be $100,000 instead of $110,000. All right, so we're going to save 10%, which is significant depending on how far you go. Now, commercial pilot license doesn't cost $100,000. I'm just keeping the math simple. If you did that 150-hour syllabus, then you got it tax-free. If you didn't, i.e. the choose-your-own-adventure, non-integrated, 200-hour commercial syllabus, then it wasn't tax-exempt. Now, people that came from that background kind of treat 141 and 142 the same. However, if you are registered on a commercial pilot license training syllabus, regardless of if it's a 141 or 142, the commercial training is tax exempt. All right, now, where do I get this information from? There are a bunch of uh, tax guidelines and rulings on the tax office website. I'll put the links in the description for this episode. You'll be able to find them there. And they're not so much tax rulings, but they are questions that people have asked and responses from the tax office on their viewpoint on it. And there's one or two little things to note. The concept is that you must have a commercial pilot's license in order to be a commercial pilot. Okay, that's pretty obvious. You don't, however, need an RPL or a PPL or an RPL or PPL ground school theory component. All right, you only need the seven commercial subjects. So you only need a commercial ground school. What that means is if you were to do over and above those requirements, i.e., yeah, I'd like to do my PPL along the way or my RPL in a ground school, you can do that, but that will not be tax exempt within the CPL course structure framework. All right. So it's only the commercial ground school, but the whole 200 hours of flying will be tax exempt. Okay. You can look into that. What that means is for a school, they charge you GST free. They do, however, pay GST on the things like aircraft cross hire, landing fees, fuel, etc. So they claim that back in their GST best statements every three months. So that's something that a little overhead that they might have to carry, but it's not a real physical financial burden so much. But that might be a little bit of pushback you get from your flying school. But if you're doing a commercial license in a one-for-one school, you can be getting that tax-free. This will also apply to instructor ratings and 
instrument ratings. All right, they're both commercial professional training courses, and so they do not attack attract a tax um, liability for GST. If you want any more information, like I said, I'll put the links in the description below and talk to your accountant as always to get that final advice as to what you can and can't do and then you can sort it out with the flying school. All right. So yeah, good news there, tax-free. Now, the content, as I said, general handling, circuit structure, we're teaching you to be a commercial pilot. And this is the biggest probably trick and trap of the whole thing. Who's going to teach you this? Well, your instructor. And this, I keep saying, there's no fault of your instructor, but your instructor has the experience they have. If they've been fortunate enough to have done some charter, maybe they work in a school that is a flight school and a charter school. I'm just going to use the word charter because it just makes more sense than saying passenger carrying transport all the time. Then they are going to be able to pass on this knowledge and understanding to you. Otherwise, they're going to say what they think. They're going to base it on their training and that could cause a shortfall. And this is why um, there's some operators out there that are doing these GA-ready courses and other things, trying to fill this void of uh, being students being trained by non-charter instructors. I don't know the answer to it apart from shop around, ask the questions, and and you know if you have the opportunity to pick the flying school, um, have a look at that as an alternative. And to try and pick somewhere that has experience and senior instructors that have been out there in the industry and done these things because they will be able to pass that on to you. Otherwise, you're going to have to do the best you can. And it's not just about trying to find the hardest navigation waypoint and you know making you do all sorts of weird and crazy stuff. Commercial training should be based on what you could expect to do in reality. All right, so you will sometimes get very short notice. There used to be a notification, flight plan, pre-flight, everything ready to go within one hour. That requirement has now gone. You might still get pushed to try and do that during your training, but it's not something that is accessible in your flight test anymore. All right, but sometimes people rock up and go, I need to go here. And it's usually fairly straightforward. We've got flight planner and OS runways and all these things where we can knock up weight and balance and flight plans usually pretty quickly. So it doesn't take a whole lot of time, get the aircraft ready and off you go. And you should be able to do that. I would also sometimes do navigation exercises where I just say, just have the airplane ready at nine o'clock and I'll tell you where we're going. And then you draw a line on your map and off or chart and off you go. And that is something you should be able to do as well. And what this sort of highlights as well is, you know, when you're sticking your uh, winds and your tracks into your CO2s and nav computers and things, and everyone's like, yeah, right, who does that anymore? So well, I do sometimes. All right, but your nav computers, all Oz runways and everything else, you can just work out your tracks and things pretty quickly, have an estimate of the wind and off you go. And you don't need to get things to the nearest degree and the nearest knot. You just get it all sorted out and off you go and then you start navigating. And that's more... Um, part of what I'd expect a commercial pilot to be able to do is to navigate accurately, look after their passengers. All right, so you'd probably go and pre-flight the aircraft, go do your run-ups, and then come back, pick up your instructor or your passengers, and then head off on the flight. You want to look after them uh, with your in-flight information and tell them how we're tracking and, and where we are, where we're going, how the uh, 
flight time estimates going, if the conditions are going to be a little bit bumpy, we might be having to go into cloud and get a bit rough uh, for IFR later on down the track, things like that, looking after your passengers and communicating. Some people don't like talking to people. I get that. But you're in the passenger carrying transport industry, all right? So you need to learn how to talk to people, interact. Your passengers will enjoy that. That will make them a lot uh, more calm and and, uh, comfortable with the flight as well because there's a lot of nervous flyers out there too, people. Don't forget, it's not just us up the front banging around having a great time because it doesn't bother us. Anyway, that's another podcast and looking at expectations of commercial pilots. But from the training point of view, there's sort of things that you can expect to do. It's really just about being a bit more accurate, a bit more tidy, less mucking around, A to B as quickly and efficiently as possible um, rather than doing things in a private pilot manner where we tend to just slow down a bit, take our time and, and, and use the, the space that's available. All right, so there's um, a whole heap of things there for commercial training versus private. I hope that sort of gives you a little bit of an idea of what to look out for. Uh, have a look at those tax rulings. Have a look at the syllabus. Remember, if you are doing a non-integrated training to get 200 hours, there's a whole heap of different ways you can go about it. You could look at trying to get your commercial license in a twin or um, building up some command hours, maybe doing a night rating as well. You've got 200 hours to spend. You might as well make it work for you as much as possible. So I encourage some, if they can afford to do it, do the twin, get some, do the twin, get some command time uh, as part of those 100 hours. And then you're graduating as a commercial pilot with some twin times, uh, maybe a night rating and uh, a good all-rounded product ready to go out into industry and uh, go have some fun and learn even more. All right, guys, that's it for another one. Remember, you can get me on email, info at trentrobbinsaviation.com.au. Flick me an email. I'd love to hear from all of you. You've got uh, Instagram and uh, what's that other one called? Facebook, yeah. Trent Robinson Aviation. Search me up there. All the links in the description below. And, of course, uh, I can't do it without all your help on uh, Patreon. So you can become a patron. Uh, three tiers of membership. You get a fantastic coffee mug at the top level. And it all goes towards helping keep this podcast on the go. All right. I've got to get out of here. Uh, I've got the CASA safety workshop tonight being hosted by CareFlight up here in Darwin. So I'm really looking forward to doing that and, and meeting some of you down there. And uh, lots of of great content coming very soon. Like I said, some really great interviews and some more uh, topics I've been planning while I was over in Brizzy. And uh, I'm going to have some more YouTube channel uh, content coming out very shortly as well. There's been a little bit of a void there, but that will be going out very, very soon. So if you haven't already been there, look up Flight Training Australia on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and the bell for notifications, and uh, you'll get alerted when I finally get around to doing that. Until then, guys, blue skies, and remember the golden rule. Aviate, navigate, communicate. Cheers, everyone.